Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. All right, Marketeers, thank you so much for joining me. Today I have on Jennifer Todd. Jennifer is president of LMS General Contractors, a DBE and WBE demolition and environmental contractor. She's also the founder of A Greener Tomorrow, a 501c3 nonprofit geared towards the skill trade advancement of minority youth and young adults. Jennifer is a 2021 ENR top 20 under 40 professional, 2020 top 25 ENR newsmaker, and 2020 CBO outstanding women in construction finalist. She is an ASU Sandra Day O'Connor College of Law graduate as well. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So before we get into it, I'm curious how you got started in this industry. What's your story? Well, I'll give you the abbreviated version. I started in this industry really by accident. I was fresh out of Georgia State, needed a job. And so I started off actually as a construction receptionist. And so that's really how I got my start. Very good. So then why did you decide to start LMS? That's not really the the typical path of someone who gets into this industry is to just start your own contracting. (laughs) No, for so long, I had thought that I was going to be a psychologist and it didn't work out like that to my advantage. But at the same time, once I had been in the industry for about seven plus years, I started to look at better positions. And so I probably applied to about six or seven major general contractors in the California area and was just either denied or just kind of told I wasn't ready for that, that I needed more time and that, you know, there wasn't really anyone who looked like me or my age that would take on that position. And they definitely were not interested in paying the salary that I was interested in receiving. Right. And so really it was by uh, force. Had I got one of those great jobs, I probably would have just worked for them, but it was being told no repeatedly that kind of pushed my hand to start LMS general contractors. Okay. Very good. So as we're all abundantly aware there's a major labor shortage at the moment, or at least a perceived labor shortage. I know from speaking with you, however, that LMS has seen something very different. There's a different reality going on for LMS with people reaching out to your company asking for jobs. So the million dollar question, what do you think sets you apart Definitely, there is a difference. One of the key things is that LMS is a woman-owned construction company. We're a minority-owned construction company, and we have a special niche. We specialize in demolition and remediation, and there just aren't too many folks who look like me with the certifications doing that work. The second thing is that when you see the diversity component, being a woman and being a woman of color, People want to feel comfortable. So literally, I get messages from social media. I mean, Instagram, LinkedIn, we get telephone calls at our office and emails every single week from people who look like me that are women, uh, that are people of color who feel safe enough to just reach out 
despite the fact we're not advertising for hiring positions because we have a large pool of workers right now. So I think that's really the key component is that you hear a lot of non-minority companies saying they can't find anyone, but it's like, well, <laughs> ask some of the other people what they're doing and what that looks like for them. We haven't really had a hiring issue. It's been quite the opposite of being able to employ all of the people, you know, even from, not even just from the standpoint of the places we work in. We work throughout the Southeast, we work in California, but I get calls from people all over the country and all over the world that are looking for internships and sponsorships. And I think a large component is just basically the fact that my LMS is a minority and woman-owned business. Right. And one thing I hear a lot, and I'm sure you hear this even more often, is from these non-minority companies is saying, we want to be diverse. There's just not enough people out there. And I think what you just said sort of flies in the face of that. So what are some tips and tricks to diversify your outreach efforts? You know, I always scratch my head when I hear that, you know, we want to hire diverse people, but we can't find them. And I'm just like, right. where are you looking for these people? Because <laughs> they're literally out there. And now we're more connected to people than ever before. You know, uh, before employers had to wait and you'd have a scouting person or you'd have Indeed or something like that. But now you can find anyone just through your social media. You can find them through your website. So I would say the first thing that non-minority contractors and just businesses as a whole can do is just be intentional. Right. Be intentional that there is a lack, that there is a shortage. And the second thing is to create measurable and actionable steps. So if we know that there is a shortage, what efforts are we taking and how can we quantify the efforts that we're doing? Because uh, what gets measured uh, gets counted. And so that's what you need to be doing. And there's so many ways to do that. One of the ways to do that is to uh, do outreach efforts at HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. A lot of programs have construction programs, engineering programs. You can reach out there. You can also reach out to subcontractors, diverse subcontractors. If you're hiring more diverse subcontractors and vendors, more than likely they have people as well. And so that can kind of fill the void, especially if you are a GC or a construction management firm. Another thing that you can do is also do outreach in the inner cities. I mean, there are tons of workforce centers, there are tons of community agencies partnering with nonprofits. So there are a bevy of ways to get in touch with people, but it's just probably not going to be the traditional route that's always been used. Sure. I guess that sort of falls in line with if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results and, you know, everyone's doing the same thing and getting nothing. So yeah, you sort of do have to mix it up. And it yeah, does well, sound like diversity sort of plays into this. Yeah, and it plays into it not just from the standpoint of a numbers issue, but also a culture issue of workplace culture. Now employees are interviewing us just like we're interviewing them. They're yeah. doing their due diligence to see if this is an organization that they want to work for and be aligned with. And so your company needs to look attractive and needs to look diverse if you want the top talent. In this country, it, it's a melting pot. And so we're all different shades and races and ethnicities. And so 
if you truly are a company that is looking to grow and sustain your business, especially within the construction industry, you're going to have to make that shift and it's going to have to be internal as well as external. Right. So then shifting gears a bit from acquiring talent to how you choose to partner as a GC. As a GC, what are you looking for when you work with engineers and architects? What we're looking for is a good relationship. People want to work with people that they like, and it's not about being the cheapest. It's not about being the biggest. It's really one, do we have something in common? Can we accommodate uh, the services that you provide? Is it a good fit? Does it make sense? And also to what kind of communication and work style flow do we have with one another? Mm-hmm. So those are really the main things. I think people underestimate the value of relationships. And that's definitely what keeps you in the door and keeps you afloat as a, a small business and especially in the construction industry. Now, do you look for those smaller businesses to work with? Do you target them when you're looking for partnerships? It really depends on the scope of work. We do work with a lot of small and minority vendors just because they wouldn't get the chance to work on large scale projects like we do at the airport or housing project. We do a lot of self-perform, a lot of demolition and remediation services. And so we hire truckers and haulers and uh, we use local or a small and diverse or veteran owned businesses for supplies and things like that. So we're always going to try to hire a small women minority owned business because they don't always get a chance to participate. And also it right. really helps them to have that on their resume that they're working on some large scale projects so that they can go on and be able to build their credibility to work elsewhere. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So what do you see as the major barriers to more women entering this industry? Well, the first thing I would say is that uh, the job descriptions aren't really tailored toward women, nor do we see marketing that is geared toward women. So if you're not seeing yourself in that space, then of course you're going to think that you're not eligible or they're not looking for you. We have to change the way that we're branding, we have to change the way that we're marketing, and we have to change the way that we are gearing the job descriptions, even to the fact that you're calling tradesmen versus tradespeople. A second thing is that we have to think about the retention issue that we have. The fact that from 10 years ago, we were at 7.9% to now we're at 10.9% says that we have a retainage issue when it comes to women. And that's because we're not seeing enough support, a male allyship when it comes to how women want to be mentored, how we want to be groomed, and how we want to be seen as effective leaders and, you know, uh, just like our counterparts are. Right. And your case in point with that, you know, you were a very qualified woman seeking a higher position, a higher salary. And we're essentially told no. And instead of, you know, taking that no and just sitting in place, you decided to start your own company. Yeah. But also to one of those things you kind of like, for me, when something happens, I do what I call an autopsy of a situation. Sure. I think about that, you know, how did it go down? What happened? But what I saw was this, is that 
I saw no one on those websites that looked like me, that, you know, was the same gender as me, that was the same race as me. And so to me, I kind of wrote it off like, well, they're not interested in me or my type because I don't see that. I don't see any women in, in leadership. I don't see any minorities that are in leadership or C-suite positions. And so that's what employees are looking for today. They're definitely looking for representation because no one wants to continuously be the first right. or the token or the woman. They yeah. want to know that there's a well-balanced, diverse group of people that they're working for. Sure. Another thing I'll add, which is interesting, is that like I said, it was probably about six or seven companies, but I've actually done work. LMS has performed work for two of those companies. So yeah. despite them telling me years ago that I wasn't qualified to work for them, I have now worked with them as a contractor. And so the irony of that. Right. Well, good for you. <laughs> After I was paid, I did let him know, like, you know, by the way, yes, that I thank you for the reference letter. By the way, uh, you said that I was not ready to work for you. And you're right. I wasn't ready to work for you. I was ready to work for me. So you got it. So absolutely. Oh, I love that. That should be a bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Definitely. Yeah. Now, I didn't know this about you ahead of time, but would you be willing to talk about your 501c3, A Greener sure. Tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? What is it about? So uh, A Greener Tomorrow is a nonprofit that I started, and it's basically uh, designed to create awareness and opportunities for minority youth and young adults. How all that began is that we do a lot of projects in housing developments, and so what we saw was that there was a intra people living in those housing complexes that wanted to work, but they didn't know how. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we are the first black contractor or the first female owned business that they see working in that space. And so they feel emboldened to approach the gate, to talk to us, to ask questions, because again, they're seeing people who look like them completing the construction work. And so what we found is that people want to work. They just didn't know how. Either they had been right. rejected or they didn't know the proper route to get into the industry. So we started to provide a training program where we hire and train both men and women in the field. We give them asbestos licenses. They take the courses, OSHA certifications. And basically, we uh, do an on-the-job training program. But I started at Greener Tomorrow because... I wanted to help more people. LMS is still a small firm, and so I can only take on so many people. Right. But within the nonprofit, we're able to service much more people as well as youth to make them aware of the construction industry at an early age. Perfect. The thing about construction is that it is not for the faint of heart, especially remediation. So a lot of times we don't have to fire people. They fire themselves. They show sure. up after three days and they're like, hey, this is not for me. I right. just can't do it. But then other times people start and they find out this is not the work itself may not be for them, but they're good at the project management aspect, or they're good in an excavator, or they're good at the general labor. So or they're good at supply inventory. So it's really about being open to uh, opportunities. It's just you may not know, like I was not interested in being a receptionist, and I had a, a psychology degree, right. but I needed a job. And so it was that openness that allowed me to get to the space where I am today. Perfect. 
Well, if our listeners want to know more about you or your work, where should I direct them? They can definitely find me on uh, LinkedIn and it's Jennifer Todd MLS. And then also if you want to know more about a greener tomorrow, it's a greenertomorrow.org. So either way you can find me and check me out. And I look forward to connecting with you. Well, thank you again, Jennifer, for an awesome conversation about diversity and the perceived labor shortage. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every other Wednesday. Chat soon.